1: What does motion sound like? With Kizik hands, free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic
0: of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Of the Law & Order franchises, SVU is considered especially watchable.
1: We are the amateur detectives who kind of investigate the vicious felonies these episodes are based on. These are our stories. Dun-dun!
2: Hello,
0: and welcome to That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. I'm Kara Clank. And
1: I'm Lisa Trager. Hello. Every week we talk about an episode of SVU, the true crime it's based on. And then we have a guest from the episode that we chit chat with. And now Kara and I are going to catch up because we've been in separate parts of the country for weeks, weeks. This is our longest break. That, that's not yeah. true. <laughs> Well, when you were, yeah, yeah, that's not true. We really have, uh, yeah, just recording But it anywhere. feels like
0: a long, it feels like a long ass break. I haven't really been anywhere so in a long time. So this has been great. Uh, yeah, and hello, oh, what? Oh, I was just going to say, we are going to be at Moon Tower. Yeah. In Austin, Texas. We're so excited. Moon Tower Comedy Festival in Austin, Texas, which you've done it before, right? I've been to it before. It's such an amazing festival. So if you are in Texas or the Austin, Texas area specifically, come see us. We're going to do a live show. We're going to be doing stand-up also as ourselves. And uh, we're
1: excited very excited yeah um austin is great i can't wait to eat ever. well mostly I, it is sick austin has so much to offer but in my head all i know is i know there's a jimmy john's there oh my god because i always see it <laughs> stay near the jimmy john's so it's like it's so sick of all the barbecue there's great japanese restaurants there there's so much and i the am queso. just so like, oh, i can't wait oh, to eat queso. i love queso i'm so glad chipotle finally got on the queso game that was like a very yeah. weird move how long it took them same way <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) You know, all places, cheese fries brings people together. What are people waiting for? Yeah. Add more cheese, everyone, if you're uh, well-known. Well, I was in Raleigh. It took me 80 years to remember how to say it. Raleigh. Yes. We um, did get a couple of notes. Yeah. I just, I could, I could even there, it, it it really took me weeks after I left to even figure it out or a week, but <laughs> there were so many cute people at the show because of COVID and all that. I couldn't get to talk to anybody, but there were like two cuties to the left of me and hello. I did tell them that they, uh, that he won, um, most cute audience member. So, Hey, what's up? You know, we're talking to you. I also found (laughs) out my nephew's uh, girlfriend listens. So what's up girl. I hope you're enjoying college. Uh, (laughs) I know on a former episode, I said you guys should break up and get over this long distance stuff, but I take it back. You know, I think you guys really um, are going to go the distance. That was the first thing I thought of. I was like, Oh,
0: the girlfriend that you said probably, okay, no, I think it's great. Yeah. Own your mistakes. They
1: could make it. But I didn't even know. I just meant it in the terms of like my own, like being young and all of that. Yeah, of course. um, Obviously it wasn't a judgment on the girl herself, but he said yesterday, he's like, she loves you. I go, I don't know her. I never met (laughs) her. You know, of course I stalked the Instagram, but, um, he was like, she listens to the podcast and I went, uh oh <laughs> this might be a problem No, <laughs> yeah, it's great I'm glad she also how, what do you think about this so you know my nephew is 18 he's going to college he says I sh- I've muted all of them from my stories he says now that he's in college I should unmute him from my stories yeah you think you agree yeah okay why not okay yeah he knows I smoke weed yeah, wait, cuz that's what I'm saying. You're not
0: like on there shooting up heroin like you're, you no. know, you're just kind of like living your life. I think you're it's a
1: great example of a cool aunt and you should just do it. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. Um I'll do whatever you say. And for those <laughs> um paying attention, I would like to say my air conditioner is still broken. That is oh, um, over a month of that. So they hate me, and I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you live from a closet.
0: So yeah. <laughs> we're, you know,
1: we are getting it done for you. Wait, they actually, hate you. They hate me because I I call them too much because they don't call me back enough. And so <laughs> I I called yesterday and they wouldn't answer. And then I called from the hotel phone and they answered. And I went, oh, <gasps> that's interesting, Wendy. I just called you twice, so it's weird that you're picking up now, isn't it? <laughs> I told Wendy I hope you listen to the podcast I've been honest with her I go do you Am I too annoying am I calling too much Then maybe send me more update I'm like What you are doing is immoral even though I'm out of town I'm still pretending I'm in there like I don't know Yeah but still fighting
0: Uh, Is anyone else in the building having a problem where it's like Your specific unit is fucked I think it's just
1: my specific unit Yeah, That's so frustrating um, frustrating. Even though you are in a closet right now Your closet your brother's closet Is bigger than my whole apartment I would say (laughs) it's
0: quite large it's a very like yeah they have, have you guys
1: been in the pool every day
0: yeah my brother has a nice ass pool and this is like our new airbnb we're just like coming here and it's like an airbnb where people will hold my children for me <laughs> so i love it <laughs> which yeah. is
1: very important oh my god yeah i was so mad on my flight there was like 10 to 15 families with kids i'm like this is too many kids I know you tweeted about it it was so funny that but but when you tweeted me that an eight year old I'm
0: sorry your eight year old does not need extra help getting seated on the on the plane unless there's look don't come for me if there's some kind of special needs issue but what you made it seem to me was that it was a regular fully neurotypical eight year old that just needed to like was just getting on early I don't
1: think that's what they mean when they say people with young children no but they can't ask like you can even if they say if you need time like I can go up there if I had like if my ethics leaned that way i could totally do yeah you could be like i have restless leg i need to get on first yeah or something like that but my mom always told me don't lie about health Uh, not good you don't want to lie about health you can lie about an invented person's health (laughs) but uh, but yeah don't show anything on your body you know you don't want any of that goofiness inside of yourself you know i'm very into the evil eye And um, our friend, I kept telling her, I'm like, you need, you need the eye. I could tell people are going to be jealous of you. And she got a stud. She got a little eye, like second hole earring. So the eye is always with you and no one can even see that you're wording away their evil. Ooh. You're confused. No, I want to know who it is. We have two friends. Let's be honest. Okay.
0: Right? (laughs) Well, gee, I thought there were more, but I guess not. Lisa's now telling me I have two friends.
1: (laughs) I'm saying who I could be. No, we have a lot of friends. We have a lot of friends. I got picked up in a red convertible vintage BMW this weekend by a friend.
0: I mean, come on,
1: I deserved it.
0: You deserve that kind of my friend had that in high school and she would pick me up once in a while. Her, like it wasn't her car all the time. It was her dad's car that once in a while he would let her drive and she would pick me up. And I'd be like, I'm in a movie like this is amazing. Yeah. And I'm,
1: yeah. I've only been in two convertibles, but even as an adult, you know, it hasn't a convertible is cool no matter what. <laughs> it's always exciting.
0: I used to borrow my friends, like Toyota Solara, a convertible and still thought I was the bomb.com. And that's like, I think literally the stupid car that Michael Scott gets in the <laughs> office to like show off to everybody. Isn't that what it is? Uh, a so I was yeah. watching
1: the office on the plane. It's a nice plane viewing. Um, so many people watch Fox News that I couldn't believe it. Everywhere I looked, there was a Fox News on the screen. Really? I know they're number one, obviously, in ratings, but I was really shocked. Like people that had books with that, like people, young people, this hip guy next to me with a cool Tasmanian devil shirt on. Like, I don't know. Everyone had
0: Fox News on. I don't know what the Venn diagram of Tasmanian Devil fans and Republicans are, but I guess it's (laughs) more of a circle than we thought. Um, (laughs) uh, Wow. Yeah, that is surprising. That is surprising. I'm like, well, I guess because where were you going from where to where? I don't even know
1: anymore. Oh, (laughs) LA to Salt Lake to Chicago. Okay, well, maybe
0: the Salt Lake connection, the leg. Yeah, that's actually, I believe, the exact flight that I took my baby on to go to our friend's bachelorette party. I took a two leg flight to take a five month old to a bachelorette party in case you're wondering who I am as a person.
1: No, Delta is very close to losing me as a customer.
0: I mean, I lost my status. So now I'm anybody's game. I could
1: literally move to
0: anybody. I could sh- I could become a mint person.
1: I'm a enemies with Uber, too. I was scheduled a car over a day in advance running 20 minutes late. Excuse me. Why would I order you early? Yeah, uh, I, these are stupid problems. I really apologize with what's happening. I feel like we're just um, <laughs> we're at the playground and we're two moms that kind of know each other. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> We're like, yeah, that was okay. Listen, <laughs> White Lotus, it ended. That's oh pretty my important. god, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Loved it. Anyone that says it's not there, it's not for them, or disappointing, or not good, I'm like, maybe you're dumb. It was perfect. I know
0: my my sister's fiance said he's like, I just don't like the show, and I'm like, but I need,
1: I love you. Don't do that. Don't say that to it's me. It's <laughs> fine if he doesn't like it. As long as you understand the value and how good it actually is. You know no, what I mean? No, but I don't think he does. He goes, I don't get why you guys like this show. Well, is he a problem? Would he be one of the White Lotus <laughs> Hotel people? Would he be
0: Would he? Uh, the Steve on. I mean, Steve's on. I thought we were supposed to kind of like him. And then when he did that second to last episode, when he had that little uh, monologue about how hard it is to be a white person and how we can't really uh do reparations or whatever. I was like, and yeah, you're supposed to hate every single person in the show except for like Natasha Rothwald.
1: Yeah. But then someone I was reading interviews and obviously all the articles and someone's like, Yeah, but why would you want to go into business with that lunatic? You know, what I, mean? I know <laughs> like, that also seems um like a tough situation of sorts. I don't know. She's so good. Jennifer
0: Coolidge. Oh, I'm, I love her so much.
1: Oh, I also wanted to say fuck you to anyone that messaged us going, oh, just add another face to your face unlocking on your phone. It'll work. That's a lie. I tried to t- do it with a mask on and my sunglasses and my phone kept saying face obstruction. The face is obstructed and refused to take a photo. So fuck you, Apple. Ooh. Fuck you, everyone. What a dumb invention. I ha- I can't wear sunglasses and open my phone but
0: I feel like it worked for me the other day after you told me that when I was wearing my sunglasses.
1: Okay. Well, I, the well, mask I get the mask, it's not going to work. I, it's not going to work. That's fine. That's fine. But what about sunglasses? I just think this is a dumb invention. Yeah.
0: No, and a lot of people actually wrote us messages saying fucking right on, Lisa. They're with you on face ID. You can also just turn it off and go back to your old ways. But what's the
1: old way? A code entering in your password. That's not the old way. My old way was a thumb. I touched the thumb. Oh, I never used the thumb. Oh, I did use the thumb. You're right. Damn. I don't want to type in a long ass code. I used to have a phone that you could slide and not hit. And that was like kind of good. But I was just, um, (laughs) everyone got my hopes up. But maybe I'll try. I'll keep trying. I forgot about the fucking fingerprint. You're right. That was the old way. I felt really old. My um, I had so many. Pro- I was like taking photos of my nephew. Like I just didn't know how technology worked. And then the children fixed it in 10 seconds and it wasn't actually a problem. You know, <laughs> truly graduated. And then if anyone that follows me on Instagram, Blendjet, not a not a sponsor, but love it. What is it? It is a portable, tiny little blender. That is USB oh, yes. charge. You told me about this. Yeah, fifteen blends per charge, and it washes itself. You know, you put soap and you blend it, and it washes. So anywhere you want, you make uh-huh. smoothies anywhere you want. Wow! And it's pink and cute and quiet. Like someone was like, "Yeah, fill it with the fruits and veggies, and then at the airport, put ice and a liquid in it, and you can blend it at the like anywhere you want." I've been making shakes Damn. in my hotel room. Damn. Yes blend jet sponsor us we're here out here doing it for free sponsor us but it's like yeah our one friend posted about it and now i know like 10 people who have bought it and now we're on this blend jet journey together all right well a chocolate peanut butter shake with a banana what's better that's amazing for the girl on the go. So yeah, this is <laughs> all right. I feel this has been the most uneventful intro of all time. And I need to apologize to all the listeners. You know what, Lisa? We're not going to
0: be able to come to these people every week and be like, here's the magical shit that's been going on. Sometimes we have a just a slow ass week where I've just been soaking in a pool and I'm sitting in a closet and you had to take some flights with too many kids. That's what happened this week. <laughs>
1: I know. Oh, God. But I have my I have a Jeep to use this. Way. You know what? Next week I'm doing like family Skokie week one week and then next week, Chicago Friends week. And then you guys will have some stories. Yeah. I can't wait for the hot goss coming out of the Chicago streets. Yeah. I'm going to go to the Soho house pool. Ooh, I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to get a Jimmy John's on which I have great plans for next week. Wow. I can't wait.
0: All right, well, let's get started because this is a good app. We got a lot of info, an amazing guest, and I'm excited. I love the guest this week so much. Wait, JK, I have
1: nothing, but I didn't (laughs) even wait long enough for the joke to even fucking go through. Oh, you know what's embarrassing? I'm looking at my sleep mask from the plane. It's the only one I could buy and it says dreaming of first class on it. Like how embarrassing. Oh, that's embarrassing. I'm sleeping in the main cabin and it says dreaming of first class on my thing my sleep mask they gave that to you no i had time to like stop at cvs before the flight i'm like sleep mask sleep mask and this is the only one they had classist <laughs> it is
0: classist a classist bullshit sleep mask <laughs> okay now for real
1: on the second try we're starting all right season 17 patrimonial burden and i'm not telling you the episode number hulu plays some games here again and i refuse i refuse to be thrown in (laughs) to these false numbers so 17, patrimonial O'Neill um, and it opens up on like a creepy, creepy thing. And we've seen some creepy fucking shit on this show. But this is um, it's like a grown ass man. It looks like he's marrying a young girl. But instead of just a loose old man, it is a dad making his daughter do a ceremony to never fuck anyone until marriage and that her pussy belongs to her father or until <laughs> another man can take it so that makes sense like um like do do they ever say their ideas out loud before they do this i just don't understand that. <laughs> you know what let's just like i don't even think these kids would ever think about any of these situations or fucking or anything and now you're just you're putting all this pressure on these kids not to fuck you don't fuck for yourself you fuck for your dad like it's uh it's i hate it um and then you see it opens up and there's a ton of these freaks so the (laughs) audience can you know vibe that there's it's a cult situation people are smiling and acting like this is normal Um, but really quick can I ask you because when I was growing up not even
0: necessarily in a religious way but there were daddy daughter dances and I have a feeling you're gonna tell me that no you and your dad did not ever go to a daddy daughter dance no
1: but I I'm gonna bet whatever possessions i have that those people are religious nuts you're not yeah. a secular person in this country going to daddy daughter dances well in my well
0: equally um disturbing in my town not equally but also disturbing in my town, it was called Indian Princesses was like some kind of, and definitely culturally appropriative. Like, I don't even, it was definitely not about India, the country. It was about Native Americans. And it, they had a daddy daughter dance and I wasn't part of that group. And it, it may have been religious. And I don't remember. You're probably right. It definitely was. But like, I just remember being like, why would that be fun? And they'd all be like, yeah, this weekend's the daddy daughter dance. And I'd be like, wait, why? And I'm sure we have like listeners that are going to come for us and be like, no, I did it with my dad and it was actually really sweet. But like, I just, there's, I cannot decreepify a daddy daughter dance in my mind. Like there's just no way I don't understand why those are done. And like they're so, and maybe like, if it's like a
1: disco theme. <laughs> yeah. OK, go have a dance. the 80s. <laughs> but are you all wearing white n- nightgowns and getting rings? OK, then it's not OK. Right. Right. Um, but someone I was just watching someone else about daddy daughter dances. If they don't get their love from their dad, they're going to get somewhere else. Or is it this? This? Uh, I, don't know. I don't even remember but i feel <laughs> like i had another weird daddy situation happening on instagram or something i was trying to work on a joke about this a couple years ago just with like daddy daughter dances well, i like- did indian mm-hmm. princess it was not creepy oh, you did <laughs> yes my dad well i was trying to be respectful <laughs> it was lovely you did weekend trips with dad and some daughters and you went to summer camps i loved it well, it was okay. not at all She's creepy. back in. Well, Once there's summer camp, Kara's on board. Okay, it was like well, horse riding no, and camping and okay, all sure, that. Okay, sure.
0: Okay, sure. And that's fine. Like quality time with your dad. Not for me, but okay. Um, but the dance part. Maybe
1: your dad can just be doing stuff day to day, and you wouldn't have to do excursions. So yeah, that's something well, i like to put on the But record. also,
2: <laughs> but if you were an, an active father point.
1: every day. You wouldn't have to go. You know grind with your daughter on the weekend (laughs) to show how close you are okay that's what i'm saying like a camping trip whatever a
0: hike that's fun i guess for you but like a dance i don't understand a dance is so like a date scenario like even i did like ballroom cotillion type thing and it's like the boy comes up and asks the girl to dance like it's all it's all very datey so i don't i just don't get the dance part of it like did you do that with your dad hannah I, I think it
1: was more, we put on skits and things. It was through the YMCA. Like this is not a, and now it's called why guides just, it's no longer called Indian Princess. Oh, I wonder why. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what I did with my dad? We went to the aquarium. That's what we did. I uh, took I took Rosie to the aquarium yesterday. Two yeah, ago. we would go play racquetball. That's what my dad and I did. We would go rollerblading. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: You never felt the need for him to touch you on your hips and sway gently to Lady in Red. I get it. <laughs> no, <laughs> we just uh, <laughs> well, yeah would sneak into the pool he worked at. Like, come on. Yeah, you can find shenanigans to do with your dad that's not slow dancing. Let's move on. Sorry.
1: OK, uh, <laughs> I mean, there I bet there is going to be a lot of asides because this just keeps getting freakier and freakier as <laughs> it all goes down. Um, so then you see a logo on the bottom of the screen of this dance and it's um You could tell it's like a TV logo, like how it would say NBC News, but instead it says Baker's Dozen. So it's a TV show and Baker's Dozen. I think it's like a funny game, you know, like, oh, look, there's 13 of us. And then I'm assuming we all know exactly what this one is based on. You know, some it's like, oh, could it be this? Could it be that? What about this? We know it's the Duggars. Um, Mm -hmm. We know it's 100 percent based on the Duggars. And the only thing I remember about the Duggars, did you ever watch it, Kara? Never. Okay, I did. And the only thing I remember, I remember a few things, but they ate very bad. They didn't eat well. It's not like there's a ton of us and we're on the farm. They would go to Aldi and buy tons of frozen food and they just would have tater tot casseroles constantly. And it was like an assembly line of all these kids and each one was in charge of something and they would just eat gray, mushy tater tot casseroles. Oh god. Yes. Um it was uh, fucked. It was fucked. Uh, it was pretty disgusting, and yeah, just made by tiny little child hands. So back from the Duggars, we're onto <laughs> the Baker's dozen. Oh god! And so the girl, the main girl, she has half down, um, half up hair, really long, which is religious hair. You can that's religious hair from a mile away. Um, yeah. there's purple and lavender everywhere, and the parents are doing like a cutaway confessional type thing where they're talking about how this is normal and good, and there's no no holier relationship than between dad and daughter, even though they truly came out of my body. But OK, so <laughs> nothing holier. You know, it did come out of my right. vagina, but this guy,
0: <laughs> holy. This baby did grow inside of me, but OK.
1: <laughs> um, so the parents names we learn are Frank and Pam. Great. I don't care. No, I care. This is good. Uh, the virtue ball is in New York City and they can't wait to go. So they're traveling to New York for this. This is like also such
0: a stretch for the show. Yeah. Like, these balls would just take place in your shitty, like small rural town or whatever in Arkansas. Like these, the, you would not be like, we like they, these kind of people think New York is like a den of iniquity. The fact that the, the in this episode, they go to New York like multiple times is very like,
1: how can we make SVU cover this? Yeah. You know? There's one moment we will get to where it's like, this is why they go there. And it's pretty funny. We'll get to it. So they're in New York. Lane is 13. She's wearing classic religious outfit, long sleeves, long skirt. And um, she's holding a stuffed pig. So she's a kid. She shouldn't even be thinking about who she's going to be fucking. Like, that's my thing. It's like you're preaching all this chastity and all these things, but that's not even on your kid's mind. Like you are implanting it. I know. But I think they're like, let's get that going now.
0: You know, they're like, get it going before they even think of it so that when it that when the uh, dick presents itself, they know to swat it away. It's
1: just fresh in my mind because I'm on Instagram all day. But there's a lot of things where people are like homosexuality, like leave it out of the kids. And it's like, honestly, is it just like sexuality? It seems like to these hetero religious people is thrown on their children from such a young age. Like you guys are actually the creeps like why are you doing this you know and they think they're like morally superior or something but you're truly forcing like you're the creeps you're forcing these sexual ideas and restrictions on kids who would have just been chilling yeah you know when people are like look it's your girlfriend and boyfriend look how cute and it's like you're that's the thing like dancing should could be a secular like non-sexual fun thing but It's not because they force it, you know, like you should be able to dance with an uncle without being creeped out. But (laughs) um, that is not the case. So we see them getting off the bus in New York. There's tons of luggage, so much luggage. Um, And the girls are all talking about how they have to save themselves for marriage, even though sex does involve multiple people. Um, For some reason, the guys never talk, never talked about it. Right. Um, The concept of virginity and chastity is not for men. But it's like, then who are they fucking? Like, what has happened? I just hate all of this, this is like truly uh, boils my blood. Like <laughs> this I, is a Lisa hot button for sure. It, it definitely is. <laughs> um, so they're holding hands outside in a circle, probably praying. All the sisters are helping the girl whose daddy day dance this is. So to me, I'm like, how many of these dances have they done? There's so many right. of these kids. So they're just like hopping to New York to do these. Da- and then she goes, I hope my daddy approves of my hair. Uh, it's twisted. Did you ever see the, I don't really watch Say
0: Yes to the Dress, but I hate the ones where the dad has to approve the dress. Yeah. That
1: doesn't bother me as much. They're like, my, as long as my daddy likes it, he's paying for it. I'm like, yes, because those episodes also include annoying mothers, weird sisters that are jealous, a gay best friend who thinks he knows everything. Like there's so much judgment on that show. It's not so glaring. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, this bitch has a dad. That girl has a, you know, an ugly sister. So let's have it. (laughs) It's not so much just like dads. And if they're your dad, and it's whoever's paying, usually. That's who. I guess. Who needs the blessing. There's just something gross about the
0: girls coming out and being like, what do you think, daddy? And like, I I don't know. The dad's like too much boob. Like, I don't like that. This is also
1: telling that we have a weird relationships with our fathers. (laughs) (laughs) Some people listening to this are like, I would totally take. No, it's weird. don't take your dad wedding dress shopping. It's so fucked up. I would go alone. I wouldn't want anyone's fucking opinions. Um, Unless, you know, my mom had a dying wish. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So the kid gets a tiara, which I like. So then we meet more of the kids. Summer is 15. Uh, There's Rick, there's Timber, and they're married to each other and they've only kissed each other. And then there's Graham, who's 17. And this is actually a YouTube category. I don't know if you know about this, but people that save their first kisses to marriage. You can watch them kiss. It's like a category. So you watch people who have never kissed in their lives kissing in front of everyone in in the church for the first time. And they're terrible kissers. It looks horrific. They look Uh. like fish, like being pounded against each other like it's really (laughs) sickening and so because then it's adults when kids don't know what they're doing it's like you're in junior high or learning to kiss right these are grown people marrying each other kissing for the first time in front of their families so oh my god this is horrific it's horrific
0: i can't the douche chills okay wait i was gonna ask a question and now oh timber what do you think of the name i feel like that's right out of the sarah palin name handbook i feel like she should have had a timber
1: I know, but I love the song Timber by Kesha.
0: <laughs> oh, I know you do cuz you cleared a dance floor with it one yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I like Timber. Kim and it reminds me of a BoJack Horseman character named Kimber. <laughs> So, okay. I kind of like it, unfortunately. I'm on your list for baby names. Got it. Timber. Got it. <laughs> um, so, the dad is spinning his daughter and she's not feeling good. And she's like, stop, stop. And he doesn't listen to her. I wonder why. I wonder why this man doesn't listen to his daughter who's asking him to please stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just pretty telling. <laughs> um, and then she passes out. She wobbles, passes out. Amazing acting for a young child, like truly just passes the fuck out. So Chris Elliott suddenly on camera and he runs in. And um, for those who don't know, he's in a uh, scary movie, too. And he has a little hand and he mixes the mashed potatoes with it. So but most
0: recently, Shits Creek, he's the mayor of the town. And uh, and that's a very popular
1: show. Oh, yeah. All my references are 25 to 30 years so. <laughs> old. Sorry. Um, but he is not dressed in purity ball outfits. So you're like, who is this guy? He's dressed in secular clothing and he obviously knows this family. He's like, call the cops, give her air. He's actually trying to help out and we will learn more about him. Later. So Benson, Finn, and Carisi are doing some walking and talking, chatting about what's happened. Carisi tells Benson it was the fourth kid out of 10. And Benson is horrified when she finds out about the virtue ball. Obviously, we're all on the same (laughs) page. Like, we wouldn't be disagreeing with her queen. So she's also like, What? And Carisi (laughs) explains it to her and says, It's when girls promise to be virgins for their daddy. And Finn is like, Well, you know, so much for that promise because Lainey's three months pregnant. Dun, dun, dun. Whoa. So that sucks because you know they're not into abortions. Yeah. Um, yeah. If someone has long sleeves and long skirt. They don't love abortion. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So then Benson looks back at the family and they're in a circle praying in front of the vending machines. Credits. That's a pretty jam packed opening scene. Yes. Yes. Um, And we come back and we have Benson and Finn talking to the parents and the parents are like, we didn't call the cops. And she's like, yeah, the doctor did. Uh, Obviously. And then um, off topic of this child that's pregnant, Benson's highlights are popping long hair later season and um, I'm wondering if she'll ever go short again I feel like she likes long hair and she's never I don't think she
0: will now because her like like not to be insulting in any way but her face has gotten like a little bit white she doesn't have quite the angular like face that she had in her younger days
1: and I don't I don't think that that's gonna work I know but they usually say when you become older to cut your hair but she defies all odds yeah is able to rock long hair also, yeah. what, who are these rules? Keep your hair how you want. Yeah. It's so fucked up. <laughs> so Benson's like, okay, yeah, that's a 13-year-old pregnant person. So, <laughs> yeah, we're obviously involved. And the dad goes, this is a family matter. And it just is confusing to me because... Suddenly, you know, it's purity ball, purity ball, purity ball, virginity, virginity, and then your kid's pregnant and you're like, it's actually fine. So it's just like, I don't understand the tone of being so into virginity and then being so chill when your kid is fucking pregnant yeah like don't you want to find the person who did it you fucking hypocrites like how do you travel to go to a purity ball and then try to sweep a pregnant kid under the rug it's like it just doesn't make sense and there's tons of these moments in this show that are like you are not do you know it's like the mental gymnastics people do to believe in the shit they believe in yeah so the parents won't let Benson or anyone talk to the kid and is like you can't she's upset and uh they're like no we have to and they're like no And the parents say, well, we want to talk to Lane first. She doesn't even know she's pregnant yet. And Finn is like, yeah, but she knows how she got pregnant. Hello. Mom says we don't need your help. And she's our daughter and we'll take care of her. And Benson explains how she got pregnant is a crime. And the mom says if she was hurt, she would tell us. But it's like she didn't. She's pregnant. What the fuck? Three months have gone by. She has not
0: told you what happened.
1: So then they try to get scoop from the doctor and the doctor is like, I couldn't get a second with her. The parents were there the whole time and I couldn't talk to her. And then the parents and detectives keep talking and they're like, listen, we're good. And we keep a good eye on our kids back off. And it's like, no, your kid is pregnant. You did a bad job. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's a twilight yeah. zone. No one makes sense, but they believe it anyways. So Benson asks um like, "Hey, is she alone with any boys?" and they say, "No, of course not. She's homeschooled." Then runs in the pastor. Perfect timing, SVU style. Um and he is disgusting, obviously. And he's like, "Listen, we're going to handle this with the local authorities." And uh, But you don't think he's a little bit handsome? No. I thought the pastor was a little cute. No, that hair dude to me is uh you have seen no, no, no.
0: yeah, not great. The fashion, the hair is not great. But like facially, I was like, oh, this is like a handsome man that's a
1: pastor. No, to me. he's like, gonna have like a Jeffrey Cobra career. This is this is a creep. <laughs> you will be paying creeps from, from now on. I will never see him at, Now I understand my mother. My mother always hates the people that play villains, and I think she's crazy, and now I am her. <laughs> The transition is complete. Yeah. So he says they're going to handle with local authorities, um, which is actually the first time I caught this little foreshadow nugget. And I've seen this episode like seven times, but this is a foreshadow. So this pastor is also the family's lawyer. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we're back at the precinct. Benson's pissed. She's very frustrated. And with her is Rollins, Baby Dodds and Finn and Carisi. And Rollins brings up the Duggars. And I really like when they do this, when they bring up like a real life case. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, I think Rollins brought up Jimmy Savile once. And so I just I love when they bring it back down to reality. It also is easy for us that way, too. So we know which
0: case to cover.
1: (laughs) And Carisi is like, listen, leave them alone. They just love God. They're just nice. And Dodds is like, whatever. The parents said no, who cares? And Benson reminds him like, you know, she's 13. So it doesn't really matter. And Dodds goes, yeah, but I've tried to penetrate religious Jews and they're very secretive and they're not talking. And that's true, too. Yeah. But instead of stopping we love Benson. And why? It's because she goes, that's why we push harder. You don't say, oh, there's a religious sect not letting us in. Okay. I guess we're going to let all these kids be abused.
0: Yeah, this isn't Benson's first time tangoing with a religious sect. I mean, she's infiltrated the Jews before and (laughs) she's not afraid to do it to the Christians.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, also, like I we've learned and this was um, a listener suggestion and it's true. They have to have characters have the opposite point of view to get these lessons across to the public. But Dodds is so annoying. (laughs) <laughs> he is so annoying this whole episode like she's your fucking boss okay just do what she says but he shouldn't be a cop if your thing is like oh they're secretive okay i guess we have to let kids suffer like just go on your fucking business trajectory <laughs> So Benson's like, listen, this girl's life is insular as hell. Who does she spend time with? Those are the suspects. So it's a predator with access, but they're kind of stuck because it's outside of the jurisdiction. But Rollins is doing some internet searches and she finds a blog and then they blog the shit out of their lives. And they were in New York around the time that she got pregnant, which gives them reason to investigate to see what's up. And Rollins is pregnant in this episode, begging to go to work. Everyone's like, sit down, relax, do paperwork. And she's like, no, I gotta go work. Um, and she goes, I'm the only one who watches this fucking show. OK, I have the inside <laughs> scoop and they make her sit down. Um, that's the thing about Rollins. When we finally get Kelly Giddish
0: on the show, we have to be like your um character knows everything about media and pop culture. Like she's always like that's the monster. Like she always like knows who the athletic people are. She knows she watches American Diva. I mean, like she knows all pop culture stuff. Maybe we should give her another chance. So
1: intent, uh, which was what we're talking about, um, was on TV yesterday, truly watched it. And then a a friend FaceTimed me and she goes, so you're just never sick of SVU. I go, no, it's a sickness. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) It's also episodes we fully covered in depth. And I'm just like sitting, pushing plans back watching <laughs> blue glacier episodes and <laughs> watching on multiple screens. And it's like, I put off SVU work sometimes to just watch other SVU episodes. <laughs> and it's like, just watch the one you have to watch. But I'm like, not. Nah. like it is pretty crazy. I love finding one. I love finding one where
0: I'm like, I don't remember the ending of this one. I remember sort of what's happening, but what happens? It's like, Christmas?
1: Well, I was watching the Amy Smart one and I was jumping up and down. I couldn't sit. I got off my bed and started pacing and shaking like I hadn't seen it eight times. Like (laughs) I I couldn't believe it, but I was like, what? I don't remember what happened. Like it was just like a shoot off. (laughs) It's just great television. So anyway, I mean, this this is going to be so long. This alone is going to be eight hours long. I can't stop. Okay. (laughs) So much opinions out of this one. So Phil, Finn and Dodd. Oh my God, if I call him Phil. Finn and Dodds. What if Finn what if I get a shark iced tea tattoo? Because I've wanted a shark tattoo and an SVU. What if I get a little shark that looks like iced tea? Wow. Well, according to your face, that's a bad idea. Well, I just I don't understand what that would look like. In my
0: mind, I'm trying to put it together. Wait, I it would don't have, know. It would have iced tea's facial features. Yeah. But then a fin. Yeah. OK, I'll talk to Carly. Your tattoos always turn out great. So who knows? Oh, wow. That's nice of you. all Not always. Red hot chili
1: pepper on my ankle for life. OK, well, that's a taste level thing. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So Finn and Dodds go check things out. Um, and the elevator doors close and Dodds tries to talk shit about Olivia. And it's like to Finn. <laughs> Yeah. They've That's known each other right. for two decades. <laughs> <laughs> you psycho. This is chauvinist behavior, though. This is the yeah. thing. Like, this guy thinks that this other guy is just going to think this woman is crazy. But it's like, nah, bitch. Finn's on Olivia's side. Right. And this has happened to me where um, someone tried to talk shit about our friend Megan to me. Yeah. And I was like, are you out of your mind, bitch? And then she acted like a victim (laughs) because I was not nice to her. But I'm like, you are insane to talk shit about a clear like most of my Instagram photos are with her. Why would you (laughs) talk shit about Megan to anyone else? But not to me. Like you will have a problem. Wait. And side note, our friend Megan had a girl talk shit about her
0: to her. Yeah. She this was girl drunk. was so drunk that she went. Do you know this girl, Megan? And like, she was
1: talking to Megan.
0: That is my one of my favorite stories of all time. And
1: Megan had it in. She's like, "Oh yeah, tell me <laughs> yeah, more." Yeah, she was, was like, this "Bitch sucks."
0: <laughs> <laughs> if anyone could talk shit about themselves, it's Megan. Yeah. Uh,
1: but I've also been this person. I talk shit about someone I didn't like, and this guy kept being like, "No, that's my friend." Like, can you not? And I wouldn't stop. Oh yeah. And finally, I was like, "Oh, you're a good friend." My. I, my bad you are right you are right should not have done that um this other bitch no she just well we're fine now i yelled at her in an elevator at a festival but we're friends yeah we wave to each other anyways he's like listen is she always this proactive and ice goes is there a problem And he keeps talking about Brooklyn and the DA calling off and yada, yada. What his dad said about picking battles. And um, I was thinking Stabler and Amaro obviously have their problems, but they're also hot. Dads, you're not hot. So (laughs) some people think he is. No one thinks. Okay, so people think. Yeah. The people that are like, why is Munch not on your sexy games? And it's like. (laughs) You can like someone off kilter. There's someone for everyone. Yeah, I guess. Dodds is not hot, though. And I'm mad that you're trying to argue with me about this. I'm not,
0: I'm, look, 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 look. He's not for me. But people, a lot of people were like Dodds. Ugh. Like people like Dodds.
1: Yeah. They had to kill him for us to be like yeah. sympathetic to him. He had to fully die for us to be like all (laughs) right i feel bad oh you
0: know who i think is hot not baby dodds but stone i kind of think stone is hot in like a wall street kind of way yes
1: stone is classic good looks of course yeah yeah. oh i think george (laughs) clooney is hot i'm a weird we know stone is hot he could play superman
0: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Dodds is kind of in the same, like, category as those guys. Okay, okay. Dodds is a
1: physics major. Yeah, baby. Peter (laughs) Gallagher is hotter than baby Dodds. (laughs) You know Peter Gallagher is, like, fucked hot Hollywood women. Like, he is hot. I mean,
0: he was, remember
1: while you were sleeping? He was a hot guy. I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a Chicago movie for Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Chicago. Anyways, we're in this goddamn elevator, and Ice's response is perfect. Give him a medal. He goes, "She's been doing this a long time. If she thinks something is fucked, it is." So, who are you? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. Um. So the hospital discharged them. Obviously, Ice is like, "What the fuck?" The nurse is like, "Oh, oops. It said to call you. We didn't. My bad." <laughs> But SVU is very ACAB. Are they also anti-nurse? Like, I just wonder what this is because it's really mean. Uh, it's fucked up. So we follow the detectives to the bus outside the church and they're trying to peace out. And the parents are doing a video segment, like all smiles to the camera. And Chris Elliott is the cameraman. So that's who helped earlier when the daughter passed out. He is the cameraman, we learn. So Finn and Dodds are like, hey, what's up? And they're like, no, 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 no. Finn says, Well, you guys were in New York in July. It could have happened here. So we're going to like figure out who this was. And a crowd starts forming. And since they want their like baggage to be secret, they agree to go to the precinct and chat. So there's not like a crowd listening. And Carisi's running a daycare. Okay. He's watching all <laughs> the kids. He's feeding them vending machine snacks. He's getting the kids pizza. He asks Graham to help him order. He's doing a lot of manipulation games with these children. He's trying to get scoop from the oldest boy. And uh, he's like, why were you in New York? What's going on? What happened? They flew to New York to cover graffiti. Uh,
0: (laughs) I did not pick up on that. I did not pick up on that.
1: The most pointless of charity work you can do. It's like. <laughs> You're fl- why don't you feed some people? Yeah. Why don't you hand out tampons to some shelters? Like, <sighs> what the fuck is going on to fly through multiple state lines or drive in this godforsaken bus to cover up graffiti? Like, is there why? Who cares? Who needs this? So nuts. Who needs so this? So nuts. To cover up graffiti and think you're doing a good job. Like this is like the culture that I don't understand why religious people don't just stop. I'm like, I'm I'm lumping in in with people. It's like you hated rock and roll. You lost. You didn't want segregate. You know, you didn't want schools to what is it? Integrate. Integrate. And you were wrong. Like you're wrong about everything. When do you just go, you know what? Let the graffiti stay. I yeah. just
0: don't get it. <laughs> Truly on a, like uh, on the bottom of a list of problems with New York city that could use some help. You know what I mean? Like the bottom is the graffiti, Plant
1: like some trees, pick up some dog shit, just give a san- sanitation <laughs> kits to the homeless. Like they're water bottles on a hot day. Truly so many ways to help people. That is not
0: kitchens. I mean, yeah, the, the options
1: are endless. Like scraping off somebody's tag. I mean, please. I wonder if they got um the idea from Sister Act or something in the montage, <laughs> but well, maybe they were like nothing would have ever happened to that sweet little boy, Logan,
0: who was up on that roof. Maybe they were referring to identity. <laughs> he never would have bit a guy's penis going down, and actually it was Lucas, not Logan, but yeah, you know what I'm saying, yeah,
1: we know, we know I know. <laughs> um so anyways he's like did you notice anything creepy we need your help and he goes no it's just us you know and the crew and that's that so then um They're going to talk to Lane uh, without the parents and the dad's really livid that they're going to do that. And they go, yeah, but that's policy. So that's what it is. And the mom is with Rollins and and the mom asks Rollins, like, hey, is your husband okay with you working with so many men? And it's just like perfect line of questioning. And (laughs) Rollins goes... It's not a problem.
3: And then <laughs> she guesses
1: how many months along Rollins is and notices no wedding ring and just assumes it's because her hand is swelling. And it's just like, I love closed mindedness sometimes. <sighs> <laughs> it's just so fun. Um, So Benson is with Lane. Obviously, they got to put the big guns in with her. And she says, you know how you got pregnant. She goes, I had sexual activity. And when Benson says, it's not your fault, she says, yep, he says that to me, too. And I'm still a good person. And Benson is like, I need the name. She says, I can't say it. I promise not to tell. So Dodds is talking to the dad and the dad is like, well, I'm going to go get the lawyer. And it's like, oh, did you do something wrong? oh, you didn't? So then why do you need a lawyer? I like love this gameplay. (laughs) Even though, you know, you always get a lawyer. Do not (laughs) ever talk to the police uh, without one. So Benson is with the girl and she's like, girl, tell me who it is, who it is. And she says, no, this guy wouldn't hurt me. He loves me. And she's like, you said you wouldn't say it. Why don't you write it down? So then it's not breaking your promise. Or as Dorinda would say, say it, forget it, write it down, regret it. (laughs) (laughs) Remember when Dorento said that about text messages? No, but who sent um, a Tyler Perry quote? That her. was part of it. Okay. <laughs> but then
0: Dorinda sent a, Taylor, a Tyler Perry quote so it's like mm, I don't know who's right here Dorinda. Anyway
1: sorry that's our Housewives segment for today. So Chris Elliotts and the other crew guys are putting the gear on the truck and he says don't worry they'll ship her off to some camp in the woods and we'll be up and running in no time. Think again uh, Finn and Carisi ask him for a DNA sample they say open your mouth they have a warrant to look through everything and that you rape Lainey and it's like what? And even the mom is like Pete our cameraman? No way did pete do this he's like he's watched the kids grow up we trusted him there's no way um the parents refuse an amnio obviously to like try to connect the dna uh, you know and she goes we don't believe in things like that what don't you believe in what is this even this isn't in the bible an amnio is not a thing that has any morality built into it what are you fucking talking about they think it would endanger the life of the baby okay but your baby is pregnant I know.
0: I'm yelling I know. at you. Okay. So anyways. <laughs> I'm, I'm not taking it personally.
1: <laughs> so the mom is like, well, why don't you just get him to confess? So isn't that your job? So Benson reminds her like, hey, girl, like you have other daughters. So may- let's make sure we get to the bottom of this. Um, Creasy and Finner with Chris Elliott in interrogation. And I noticed Chris Elliott. Chris Maloney Elliot Stabler. Mm-hmm. That's a fun little name. <laughs> Uh, but he has a gray camo laptop and there's footage of the teen girls changing in the bathroom and he denies the rape. He's like, yes, the tape is a bad look. I should have deleted it. I'm supposed to capture everything. Like it is wrong that I have this video and I kept it, but I am not raping children. And they say she's pregnant. And once we get the DNA, you're done. And he smiles and is so happy. And you're like, what's going on? He had a vasectomy. Like 10 years ago, he had a vasectomy. He didn't do it. Lainey is lying. She's obviously protecting someone closer to the family. And I love this twist.
0: Yeah, it's a great twist. But it's also like, are you like, do these idiot religious people are don't like, do you guys know that about DNA testing? Like they're going to check and see if this man is the, is the dad, you know, like we've just talked to you about an amnio. You can't like this fake story is like not going to go anywhere, you know? Well, it's also
1: entitlement in their small town and we'll learn more about their dumbass town. But I this is one of my top 20 moments of SVU, I would say. Like, I love this vasectomy drop. Yeah. Um, They asked why she would say it was you. And he goes, you know what? I've been thinking about this in my head the whole time. And he's like, listen. She's a good girl and she does what she's told. And this family protects their own. And he has tons of footage in the cloud and he's going to reveal some fucking secrets. And Dodd says maybe he just looks like a creep and isn't a creep. Shade. He doesn't even look (laughs) creepy. Like, Dodds, you look more fucked up. Carisi (laughs) shows the tapes and it's the brother Graham who is a problem. He's like touching the piano teacher's boobs. And the town judge knew this and sent him away to a camp righteous for Jesus freaks who are bad. The camp is in Allenville, and so now they have to go. So they go to Allenville. They're at a golf course trying to get scooped from this judge um, that sent him away, and, um, like, it's just... Uh Another annoying thing where he says, you know, it's not his fault. He just needed help. There's no criminal charges. A boy with that many sisters, they just need some boy time. It's like, aye, aye, aye. if you want to fuck your sisters, there's a problem. Oh, my God. These the mental gymnastics can't stop fucking saying yeah. that. Um, so the judge is playing golf with the pastor's dad and the son is the family lawyer. Like, you know, there's just a lot of incestual shit happening in this town. And it's very insular. And they're just showing how like the. the these powerful dudes play golf together and are in charge of everything. And uh, Carisi and Finn are driving and it's very get out vibes. And if you've not seen get out, see it. They get pulled over, of course. And the cop is swarmy and annoying and disgusting, but lets them go. And then inside his coat pocket, he reaches out and gives him like a long envelope and says, this is for you. And so this like annoying ass cop is actually a good guy. He's on our side. So another twist, another great twist in this show, um, and it's Graham's Juvie Records. There's three complaints of forcible touching, one attempt of assault, speeding tickets, and it was all seal- like ordered to be sealed by this judge. So the pastor, mom, Lainey, and dad are with a handful of other people doing some sort of Bible study, and Benson and Dodds ask for some private time with the parents and the pastor. Benson stares down Lainey, the girl, like, I know what you did, you dumb bitch. So... Benson would never call the girl a bitch. Okay, so uh, they're doing the normal parent thing. Like, we did a great job raising her. She wouldn't lie. She wouldn't lie. And it's like, parents, you actually suck. That's why we all have problems. Okay, so Benson brings um, Graham into the conversation. And they say, whatever, he's a boy. It's chill. It's curiosity. We dealt with it. And he's actually now in Ecuador for a mission trip. So you can't even talk to him. And Dodds is like, oh, you guys work fast, motherfuckers. And Benson gets in the pastor's face and is like, this The judge or your dad called you, told you, and now Graham's out of town. Like, we see what's going on. And he turns like lawyer card immediately and kicks them out of the church. Benson can't leave and tries to appeal to the mom's inner spirit of wanting to keep her kids safe. And she says these issues don't just go away and your daughter needs help back at the precinct it's group project time they're all together Rollins with the info says she's been watching the show and they usually show whole, the whole pregnancy in the show but not with the latest kid with Tate who's two years old everyone's spaced out but not Tate who was born 11 months apart and usually she announces all the pregnancies pretty early but they're it, they didn't with Tate it wasn't until seven months and there's like really no photos and like there's just a bunch of photos of her not pregnant within the time and nothing makes sense so then they're like holy shit maybe grandma impregnated another sister and that's fucking tate so they think it's summer who was sent um to another state to hang out with a sick aunt that season that maybe she was the one who was pregnant and that's why they kept her off camera dodds keeps trying to be like this case is done this case is done why are we doing this and benson goes yeah your point has been made thank you we heard you Um, They need to get Graham and Tate's DNA, but from the pizza party, Tate drooled on Carisi's jacket when he was being, you know, daddy daycare. And then they can get the dad's (laughs) DNA from his time in the military. So it's already in the system. And then they'll get the baby's DNA from the drool. So then, uh, you know, the time has gone by and Benson leaves and Dodds is still doing paperwork at his desk and said, my dad told me don't get up from my desk until the boss leaves his. And it's like, you mean hers. But also, do you have daddy issues? Why do you have to do everything your dad says? Like, grow up. Uh, Benson asks to be walked out by Dodds, and he apologizes. And Benson's like, chill. I just have two rules. I'm down for open and free ideas. But two, I am always right. Okay. (laughs) So we're dealing with DNA tech, Susan Chung. So finally we get some science involved. Um, The baby is not an incest baby. So who did this? And Rollins suddenly something goes wrong. Ouch, ouch, and needs to go to the hospital. Carisi's there with her telling her she needs rest and doctors agree she needs to be on bed rest. She's questioning all her life decisions, which I agree with. Um, (laughs) But she is having this baby and, you know, Carisi tells her there's nothing you can't handle you can do it all and her acting is great and she's crying and she's confused and yada yada and he goes don't worry my mom lit a candle for you at her church so you'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) um benson gets scooped from Carisi, and she fills in the crew and then paternal news drops closed community who can it be benson says oh my god it's the pastor it's the fucking pastor he was in new york on that trip and also in the blog there's a photo of him with summer and the pastor was at a christmas mission trip also like this is what they do it's the fucking pastor he gets them away from the family like he gets the kids away from the family alone and then molests them so you know and it's a good old pastor the pastor's like listen we're gonna go wipe graffiti off can I grab a kid and they go yeah take the kid pastor and so diabolical this fucker is evil and Kara likes him so No, Uh, I just think he has a cute face. (laughs) Finn and Dobbs come in to get him and he's wearing uh, like the biggest silver cross I've ever seen. He starts babbling about jealousy and fear about the Christians and they call he calls New York Gamora and how he's there to save the souls. And they ask for a DNA sample and they have a warrant. He's shocked, but they got to do the DNA test. So ha 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 ha. And it's a match. It's a paternal match. Tate to the pastor. He is the rapist. They go on a chase to find him and they are getting married at a fucking courthouse. So Lane and the pastor are getting married at a courthouse. The detectives run in. This is
0: a 13-year-old girl. Yes. And a grown-ass man who is a lawyer slash
1: pastor. Yeah. And where does he find the time? Okay, so... The detectives run in to stop this child bride wedding thing. And it's so fucked. And the parents are just standing there watching as their little kid gets married off. And the cop that gave them the papers like helps lead them in. So, you know. We love him. Uh, She and she just turned 14 and the dad is the judge and it's legal and they're just going to get married. And the dad says the pastor is just helping us out and willing to provide for her and the baby. And he'd be a great son-in-law. And Benson looks so angry, like so angry and looks at the mom and goes, you gave consent? And like they think they're protecting their daughter. So the mom is like, this is good. And we'll give a bit, you know, give the baby a name and be like the father figure. And then it's like, well, this is fitting because he is the father. And the mom's face drops. She is shook. So Benson gives her the scoop and is like, listen, the pastor's the dad and to Summer's baby. And mom says Summer didn't have a baby. And it's like, come on, we know we know. Yeah. Jig is up. Yeah. And then the pastor is also a lawyer. So then he's like, "What? we're done talking to you. And then he adds that Tate's DNA is admissible in court because you didn't get permission to test it. And then Carisi has an amazing burn and goes, it's really bad that you're making a legal argument right now. Ugh. perfect. <laughs> I hope I get to use that in person one day. I hope there's some guy that's talking about like legality of fucking underage girls or so. And then I get to bring this up like this is. Such a good line. Um, So that on a T-shirt. That was my next note. <laughs> yeah, like, why are you making a legal argument if you didn't do it? Usually you go, I, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I would never. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. never. You know, Um, but DNA doesn't lie. And Benson looks so hot. Then we find out Graham never said he did it to the parents. The pastor said that Graham confessed to him. So he was also willing to sell this boy down to a different country to get away with this. She runs to Lane and says, tell me the truth. It's OK. She says he loves me and it's good God's plan for us. And he's still saying that, you know, we're going to get married. And she starts screaming. She goes, this is just a child. And it's like, yes, where have you been? We've been saying this the whole episode. This is a kid. Why are you guys not wanting to investigate? And now all of a sudden, like the spell has been broken. It's midnight Cinderella style. And she's like, this is a child. What are you doing? And she screams and summer. And it seems like she cares about summer more than this kid, but whatever. He then says, Frank, control your wife. And she says, no. And he says, You don't say no to your husband. And so she then says she will testify about Tate and everything. The pastor still tries to talk his way out of this. Like, you don't want to let your fans down, do you? So the mom apologizes to Lane and is like, I should have protected you. And she says, I'm sorry. He told me this is what people in love do. And the mom says they will tell the truth. I don't care about the show. I don't care about anything. I want him put away. I care about my family. Um, The local cops gets to arrest him. And the lawyer keeps rolling his eyes like like this is mock court or something. It's like, you no, know, why yeah. are you still having attitude? Um, <laughs> and he says none of this will hold up in court and says, I love you, Tulane, one more time. And it's still cocky. And the breakers are now on the news speaking out about all the abuse and the pastor and everything. And the squad is watching this confession news conference on New York One. Shout out to our friend Allison Libby. She loves New York One. <laughs> Shout out to Pat Kiernan. Yeah. 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 And Pastor is pleading um, to multiple counts of statutory rape. Finn asks Dodd if he still thinks this was a waste of time. And he goes, no, but I thought we'd be taking, you know, down rapists off the street, not from churches. And Benson goes, nah, rapists hunt where they are trusted, not in the streets. And then that's it. Dodds learns a lesson. Boom. And that is the major lesson of rape crimes that I think are, is so misunderstood too. Is like, it's not just like yeah, shadowy figures in alleys, you know? Yeah, and it's used as a way to like discredit uh, victims' stories or like, but what about the? And it's like, no, it's confusing. You don't want to turn on your friends. You're manipulated, and it's just um, not really understood. Yeah. All right, let's go, baby. True crime, dugger it let's up. Let's go. <laughs> True
0: situation. Crime. Yeah, it's a crime. There's crime. Yeah, this is a true (laughs) crime. Um, (laughs) I want to say first, I realized as you were talking about it, Lisa, that the whole mom having the secret baby, that's definitely, I think, based on Sarah Palin. That's definitely based on people think that her youngest baby, Trig, is Bristol's kid. Uh, Whether it's true or not, I have no idea. But that is a conspiracy that's been going on for a really long time because similarly, like she was never photographed very pregnant. Like she used to announce her pregnancies in a certain way, like whatever. And then suddenly she just like had this baby. Like Suddenly she was eight months pregnant with trig, you know? So interesting. But that's not obviously what this episode is based on. We are clearly talking about the Duggars, the Duggar family. This was interesting for me to research because like I said, I knew like visually what they looked like sitting in a fucking mass of children, but I'd never actually looked into anything about them. They um, came to prominence with their TLC reality show, 17 Kids and Counting, which later became 18 Kids and Counting and then 19 Kids and Counting. And that's when it ended. Uh, And the show centered around Michelle and Jim Bob Duggar of Taunta Town, Arkansas, and if you are from there, please don't write me and tell me I mispronounced it. I, I really don't care about town to town. Sorry. Uh, and they're 19 kids who all have names that begin with the letter J. And I do remember reading something about them in like a magazine, like people or something where I read one was named J. I N. G. E. R. And I was like, Jinger, but it's Ginger. I couldn't understand why someone would name their kid Jinger. Uh, but yeah, I don't. Should I name all their names? Oh, yeah. OK. We've got Joshua, Jana, John David, Jill, Jessa, Jinger, Joseph, Josiah, Joy Anna, Jedidiah, Jeremiah, Jason, James, Justin, Jackson, Joanna, Jennifer, Jordan, Grace and Josie. And I think those are all the names that begin with J.
1: I wish you read it like Cletus from The Simpsons when he was naming his kids, but it's OK. Oh, I don't know that. I know <laughs> <laughs> you do it. How does he do it? Um, later. But okay. I have all the name. I have a screenshot of all the name. he goes, "Oh, okay. Melissa, I don't I'm bad at accents. Don't put me on this. I shouldn't have said anything. Keep going, keep going."
0: Or like when Bubba Gump when he's doing pie, when he's doing all the kinds of shrimp. Yes. Jana, John David, Jill.
1: Okay. But what I love is like these people think they're like so devout and morally superior and it's like you have the same naming like theory as the Kardashians. You ain't shit, yeah. you know, like <laughs>
0: it's so nuts. My aunt did this. I only have three cousins, but they all have M names. And I'm just like, what? why? I don't understand that at all, but. Um, okay, so the Duggars are devout Baptists. They preach the love, the values of purity, modesty, and faith in God. The parents got married at 17 and 19, respectively. The, the wife was uh, 17. The husband was 19. And they actually did use birth control pills earlier in their marriage. So they used birth control pills. They got off birth control pills to have the first kid. Then she got back on birth control pills after her first kid and got pregnant anyway with birth control pills, which can happen, and it led to a miscarriage, which, which can... Can happen. And so then that was when they decided to allow God to determine the number of children they would have, or you can pull out, but whatever. Um, So that's when they started having just like a shit ton of children. And uh, I think she was having a kid like every couple of years, Um, their kid or every 18 months, I believe she was having kids and their kids had very limited exposure to media and mainstream forms of entertainment. And the kids would do something called group dating when they came of age, like they would go on groups where they got to know people in group settings and. The show started in 2008. It ran for 10 seasons and it was one of TLC's highest rated shows. It was truly a smash hit for TLC. I watched it. And oh, yeah. Well, Lisa was one of those millions of people who watched and it was canceled in 2015 following the revelation that the eldest son, Josh, had molested five young girls at a teen, including a couple of his own sisters, and that his parents knew about it and kept it quiet.
1: That's another thing that upsets me. It's all about like chastity for the girls, girls, girls. And it's like all the boys are running around committing crimes. Yeah. Maybe why don't you put some parenting onto these fucking boys? Yeah, exactly. Hiding that your son is molesting people. It's like they're the lowest of the low and they will burn in hell. Yeah, JK, we're Jews. We don't believe in that. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, So I, I actually looked at the police report. There are like screenshots of the police report, which I will put into our show notes our sources but um the police report was filed in 2006 and it was about events that happened in 2002 2003 and that was when josh would have been about 14 or 15 and from the police report it seems like there was a random caller who called these tips in saying that josh had um, fondled the breasts and vaginas of several victims while they were sleeping in the family's home And that this happened four to five times between 2002 and 2003. Victims included his own sisters and non-family members. Um, It also says, this was shocking to me. It also says that the family had traveled to Chicago to appear on Oprah. This is before they're even on a show. This This is just like... They're this family in Arkansas that people know about. This is like how they're on their rise to fame. They're on in Chicago to appear on Oprah. The Oprah show receives an email from a 61-year-old unidentified female that warned the show about the Duggar family. And I would like to read the email here. Should I do it in a Southern accent? Yes. No, I won't. All right, I'll do it in a Southern accent. Before you air the Duggar family from Arkansas with Redacted, you need to know the truth. They are not what they seem to be. Redacted has molested Redacted while Redacted were sleeping, and the parents have been hiding this secret for a long time. Jim Bob lies to his church and his friends to make him look good. At this moment, he is in trouble with the church for lying about Redacted and things that concern the way the church members Redacted. I think that you should know know the truth before they make a complete fool of you and your show. Respect for Oprah. They they've been on TV before and come across as a perfect family, which couldn't be further from the truth. They jump from show to show to receive gifts for their family to make them look really good too. please confront them about their secret. Here's what the Oprah show did. They canceled the appearance and Harpo Studios then faxed the email to the Department of Human Services hotline. And that was when the report was open for an investigation. So truly, Oprah is one of the reasons why these charges even came out. Well, Which I had and no the person idea. who wrote the letter, the person who wrote the email. But like I had no idea there was like an Oprah connection in this whole thing. It's kind of wild. Um, so the report says that the Duggar parents were then brought in. They confirmed the allegations to the police. They were like, yes, we knew about this. We disciplined Josh for these acts. Jim Bob said that he consulted the elders of his church and they agreed that Josh would go to a treatment program, a treatment program that Jim Bob completely forgot the name of. He's like, oh, I forgot what it's called. So it's like, I don't think he wanted anyone to look into how non-treatment-y it was because uh, they didn't want to send him to a true sex offender program. They were worried that he would learn to offend more seriously from other members of the program, which apparently people have said that when you go to sex offender treatment programs, like other offenders just teach you how to groom better and teach you how to do things yeah but what if
1: your kid's actually the most evil and he's teaching the others you know it's like it's always like my kid wouldn't lie my kid wouldn't do that i can't send my kid your kid is the criminal
0: yes for sure (sighs) oh blinded by love some of these parents not me rosie's going to jail okay So they put Josh into this Christian program in Little Rock for three months from March to July of 2003, which consisted of hard physical labor and counseling. And I think nothing stops a sinful boner like hard physical work and counseling. And I'm being sarcastic Uh, that obviously probably did nothing. The Duggars said that they felt that no further assaults took place after Josh's treatment. But how could we ever fucking know that? We could never know that. It's possible he's molested tons of people that we don't even know about. Another part of the report says that a family member who the Duggars would not identify wrote a letter. They like wrote a letter down about what had happened at the time in 2003, put it in a book, and then the book was completely forgotten about. And then the book was lent out to someone in the Duggars church and eventually found. And the person who found that letter is the one who called the hotline. Wow. Wow. And maybe the one that wrote the email to Oprah. Who knows? they, They won't reveal who this person is. So Jim Bob said that Josh confessed to a state trooper what he did after he returned to rehab, but no report was ever filed. And wouldn't you know that state trooper is currently serving 56 years in Arkansas prison on child pornography charges. That state trooper later said, if I thought he had done it more than once, I would have re- I would have reported him like he thought the kid was just confessing a singular incident. Anyway, there is a lot more in this report if you want to read it in, uh, like I said, in our show sources, but a lot of it is redacted as you get into it. So when you're reading it, it's kind of just like three words and then a black square and then three words and a black square. So you kind of have to infer all of this. But we know it's it's confirmed later. I'll tell you how they all know it's about Josh. Um, so after this report is filed in 2006 and all of this investigation is done the police decide that the time in which they could have pressed charges has expired which I don't even understand how that's true it's 2006 this happened in 0203 that's only 4 years I know in some states the statute of limitations is 5 years but 4 years seems like not a lot of time for I think 5 is a crazy amount so I can't imagine 4 but I don't know it's they they just don't press charges against uh, Josh And then a fun fact is like in May 2002, kind of around when these actual crimes were happening, Jim Bob, the father of this family, lost a primary bid for a Republican Senate seat in which he ran on a platform that, quote, rape and incest represent heinous crimes and as such should be treated as capital crimes, end quote. So while this man's own son is molesting his his daughters incestually, he's out there going Incest is the worst crime. Like, and it's like, you don't even know what's going on under your own roof. And he didn't win the bid, but whatever. He ended up finding fame another way.
1: That's so interesting. You said that because that's the whole thing. Like, people are like, oh, this good religious family. And it's like, no, no, no. no." He want they wanted fame. Yeah. Yeah. Running for, and then this, like, they just wanted attention. So it's like fake humble, it's fake righteous. It's like so fake in every way. Yeah,
0: for sure.
1: So now uh, that was all going down in 2006. In
0: 2007, the Internet is like buzzing about the Duggars. Like people are talking about them on message boards and shit. And, and remind I'm reminding you, they don't even have a show at this point yet. People are just talking about this fucked up family in Arkansas on like Reddit message boards and whatever. Um, and the the Oprah cancellation fueled a lot of the online rumors. And like people were like. Oh, she might have canceled for other reasons, like their backwards view of gender roles or. um, But it was probably more likely the allegation that Josh had molested some of his siblings. So then in 2008, the following year, their show debuts. And then we hear nothing about this really until 2015. And then in May 2015, In Touch Weekly of all sources, In Touch Weekly, a magazine that I would not trust as far as I can throw publishes the police report, which they have obtained through a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request. And basically, Josh Duggar immediately confirms it on Facebook, writing, 12 years ago, as a young teenager, I acted inexcusably, for which I am extremely sorry and deeply regret. I hurt others, including my family and close friends. He resigned from his job as a lobbyist at this conservative group, the Family Research Council, which is an anti-gay organization, according to GLAAD. So fuck them. Uh, And then TLC at first, TLC just pulled all the reruns. Okay, so they're still going to air the show, but they're pulling all the reruns. And at the same time, the Arkansas police destroy the police report per per a judge's orders so that they destroy the physical police report but it's all over the internet. I've read it. Like there are pictures of it in touch. Has it in touch published it? Like it's everywhere. So I don't know why you're having this ceremonial destruction of the police report when everything lives forever on the internet. So then as this story grows, advertisers start pulling out of the show amid the scandal, um, that state trooper creep. Like I said, it's like, I didn't know the full extent of it or I would have reported it, blah, blah, blah in June of 2015. So like a month after, uh, a month after the story has broken, Jim, Bob and Michelle go on TV and acknowledge that four of their the victims were their daughters, including the younger sisters, Jill and Jessa, who also went on TV and spoke to Fox News's Megyn Kelly, of all people to share your story with.
1: And this is very much Housewives. It's like if you're committing crimes, why are you going on TV and spending cash on camera? And that's this. It's like your son is a known molester. Why are you then going on television? You fucking. Sick- yeah. I mean, I'm glad they did. I'm glad, you know, they got caught. but. Right. Confused. But
0: seven, like for seven years, they were just on TV being like, no one's going to know our secret. And then their plans were foiled by in touch weekly. Um, the Duggars were, so this is how they're spinning it going on Fox news and shit. They're spinning it as the bigger story that Josh's police records were released under a freedom of information act request, And they threatened to sue, um, to quote unquote, protect juvenile records because mistakes juveniles make when they're young should be sealed. That's what Jim Bob said. So, They're like, we're persecuted because our baby's secret got revealed in uh, July of 2015. TLC pulls the plug on the Duggars. So finally, the show gets canceled. Uh, Josh's wife now. Now, Josh has since obviously married to a woman named Anna, and she said that she knew about Josh's um, crimes two years before she married him and believed that the counseling he received had, quote unquote, changed his life. Okay. Two months later, in October of that same year, things keep going badly for Josh Duggar, who admits to being unfaithful to his wife, Anna, after a Gawker report comes out claiming that he was a member of the Ashley Madison website, which we all know, which they say in this in this thing promotes adultery. And it does, I guess it's kind of like here's a way to like safely commit adultery on that website. Right. But it's also it's also people go on it like looking for sugar daddies and sugar babies it's not like that's its sole purpose no but the tagline
1: is come here to cheat you can cheat secretly got it oh is your wife pregnant you can go fuck a slut here like that's yeah um, that's when the subscribe that's like usually when men cheat on their wives yeah I I knew a girl in high. I knew a girl from high
0: school who writes like um, these big experiential journalistic pieces. You know, like I got an enema on a date. Here's how it went, and like they're all for like Playboy and different magazines and shit. And she did a one about joining Ashley Madison to become a sugar baby. So I oh in my mind I always kind of think it's about sugar babies and sugar daddies. But you're right. Their main goal is cheating. So, when he got found out about that, Josh released another statement and said, "I have been the biggest hypocrite ever. While espousing faith and family values, I have secretly over the last several years been viewing pornography on the internet, and this has become a secret addiction, and I became unfaithful to my wife." end, of, end quote." And he released that via dugggerfamily dot com now, like Yes, I'm glad you're admitting what a hypocrite you are, as so many religious people are super, super hypocrites. But like, you're basically saying that a pornography addiction led you to this unfaithfulness, and it's like, no, you just you cheated on your wife. Like you're bl- you're still blaming something else. To me, he's blaming the internet pornography on why he cheated on his wife. You know what I mean? So that's like that's it all in 2015, and that's kind of all we hear. And about he's the never Duggers. gone to jail or anything. No, I mean, he was a kid when it happened, too. He was, thir- he was 14 when it happened. I bet if the cops had actually dug in in Arkansas, they would have found that he was continuing to molest or, like, you know, do stuff like that later. But...
1: I mean, the fact that the judge ordered for the... Like documents to be destroyed. Yeah. I didn't realize that part was true in the episode. And again, we talk about this nonstop, but it's like, stop telling people to go to the cops or why didn't you go to the cops or if this happened, you should have done this or that. And it's like, the cops and judge the le- are destroying complaints and documents. Like, the fuck, it's so fucked yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. So. Now we don't hear anything about the Duggars and not
0: nothing. We obviously for some reason, People magazine keeps posting when these people get married or when they have a kid and like the two of the younger daughters get like a spinoff show about them having kids. Like it's it's like gross how obsessed people are with this family.
1: But I wonder if people are watching it like us that are like, oh, I want to see these freaks or how many like or is it religious people being like, these are our heroes. I know, I wonder what the percentage is. I bet you I bet you could
0: tell a lot by looking at like a demographic map of like who's watching it. Like, because I'm sure the people that are like in their area are like, this is an example of perfect, like pious, righteous living. And then the people that are watching it in New York City are clearly like, you know, watching it to see, look at how these weirdos live. But now, fast forward to 2021, this current year of our Lord, and uh This past April, April 24th, Josh Duggar and his wife, Anna, announced they are pregnant with their seventh child. They all have M names, by the way, Varf, which Us Magazine published. And I think that you guys need to just, like, stop keeping up with Josh Duggar. Like, why are you posting, like, a a birth announcement for a child, like a former child molester? Um, Well, not a former. I don't know what you would say. Why are you posting... I don't understand why Us Weekly is like everyone needs to know about Josh Duggar's like where, like whereabouts and like what's uh, comings and goings. We don't need to know anymore. He doesn't need to be in the celebrity section like you no longer like People Magazine doesn't put like when Jared from Subway has a birthday or like when Harvey Weinstein gets remarried. You know what I mean? Like these people could just be off the list of famous people. So April 29th, five days after this birth announcement, Josh Duggar is arrested by U.S. Marshals on child pornography charges. Nuts. He pleads not guilty, but if he is found guilty, he could get up to 20 years in federal prison. I hope he gets the max. Yeah. And don't worry. His dumb wife is still standing by her man. And um, I want you to know that I am reading articles on Fox News for you guys here. So you're welcome. Like, I'm actually doing the things you don't want to be doing. Uh, and I read an article where his wife was like, they were saying his, that like divorce is like not even an option for her. She's a good Christian girl, and she would not even consider that. Josh is currently living with third party custodians at a home away from his aunt wife, Anna, and their six kids per a court order. So now this poor fucking pregnant woman and has to keep track of six kids and is pregnant because her husband can't even be home to help her because he's a fucking criminal. And last month, Josh was granted a stay at his trial and it was moved from July to November. So we will see what happens. It was supposed to happen July 6th. Now it's happening November 30th. Wow.
1: An active case
0: an active case. I will obviously be probably keeping an eye on it. I'm sure you guys will also let me know in the DMS, but um, we'll see what happens to him in November in terms of this child pornography case. I don't really think that the U S marshals, I don't know with internet crimes. I'm kind of like if they found the stuff on your computer, like there's, I don't see how there's a way to get out of it.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. He's pulling a Hank Abraham, everything he can. Yeah. He's just grasping at straws and, um, I always I mean, obviously, this is not true, but it's like if the FBI or U.S. Marshals are involved, you're pretty much guilty.
0: Yeah, because it's just like for me, Internet stuff is like a little bit different than like, you know, crimes on the street or whatever. It's like I wasn't there. I have an alibi. It's like, no, it's your computer. It's like your IP address. Like stuff is a little bit more. You know, you paid for this with your credit card, et cetera, et cetera.
1: And it's like what we hate them all for. And it's still just like, and the wife won't divorce them because she is a good person. And it's like, it's all, it's all still put on this woman who has to like stick by this child molester. And I'm going off of no evidence at all. There's no way this motherfucker did not molest the child. Right. Cause I bet you that a lot of
0: people are like, he was 14, 15. He was in a religious environment where he was not not allowed to have any sexual outlet. So, of course, he molested his sisters. Like, I could see people arguing that. But now that he's gone through puberty and he's married... To like uh, a woman He's you know probably getting the sex life That he needs from his wife And and
1: I'm sure he hasn't committed any crimes And it's like no now, now he has a child pornography cr- Like charge Yeah and it's like 2021 what was I looking forward to My birthday Halloween and now this Fucking trial add it to the list
0: <laughs> Alright
1: well we
0: have Like if a you guys are like guest. wow what a bummer Of a crime we have such a great guest Coming up so you're gonna have Your palate cleansed Okay, I'm so excited for you guys to hear our chat with our next guest. She is a Tony-nominated actress for her performance in the play Hand to God on Broadway, but you can see her now on the show Bull, which is every Thursday night on CBS at 10 p.m. She has been on all of The Law and Orders multiple times and has been on SVU three times, but we are talking with her today about her role as Pam Baker. Guys, we're talking to the one and only Geneva Carr. Wait, so you just got back from France? Tell us what was what's what's going on in France.
3: Less than 48 hours ago. Um I went to graduate school there and the lady that I taught English to who I didn't do a great job, I'll admit it. We're still like this and I go see them all the time and I went to spend time with her and her family and we did a Pilates retreat that was utterly life affirming after this very painful year. Yeah what where whereabouts in france i was in paris and then i went to normandy to see friends and the pilates retreat retreat was in la drome which is in the southeast part of france but not up to the water so it's where they grow lavender
1: oh wow
0: oh my god i was in
1: lavender fields so So is it pilates all day how much pilates versus you know chatting and hanging
3: uh, it's Pilates in the morning, Pilates in the afternoon, a lot of chatting and the French like to eat dinner around 11 o'clock at night. So wow. yeah, <laughs> we were at the pool, but it was 10 ladies and just like everywhere in life, everybody had gone through something traumatic and come out the other side. And I, it just makes me so grateful to be able to spend time and learn from people after this year of sadness and loss and loneliness. There was ice cream, but there was a lot of pain. (laughs) Uh, This episode
1: jam packed with drama. Um, Did it look and seem feel creepy or did it feel like a set when it was just like a child and the men and everyone's wearing white dresses
3: and then the kid wedding at the end? (laughs) Was that like off putting to look at or how? Uh, What was so interesting is that Ryan Devlin, who played the bad guy, I hope I've Spoiled it for everyone who'll watch it in the future, we, but they've, they've just listened to us recap the entire episode. So. Oh, good. He looks, Ryan looks like he was on the cover of Tiger Beat. And yes. He's like a preteen girl's fantasy of a man because he's so innocent and sweet and kind. So it was creepy to know that was the bad guy. Uh, and those kids, my God, how many kids did I have? You know, Baker's Dozen. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was, it, they were all so sweet. They were all so sweet. And I run into them all the time. And Victoria, her dad wrote a movie and they asked me to do it. And I couldn't because of my schedule. But I'm in touch with all those kids. I talked to Victoria, I talked to Rachel, who was my oldest daughter, who was the one babysitting the little kid. Because um, apparently this mom just passed her kids off to the one that got bigger. Um, yeah. But Victoria is a tiny little thing. So wow. it was pretty creepy. I can't believe you kept in touch with the kids. I loved those kids. They were That's so amazing. Sweet.
0: We were wondering, was it like 25 sets of parents on the, on the set? Like, cause they all have to have their parents with them.
3: The minute you turn 18, they don't have to be there. So anybody taller than me was okay. <laughs> Just the little tiny kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well,
0: we were also wondering, like, how was it? Cause you obviously have like a, a great fashion sense, French, et cetera, but like you had to wear these like, you know, turtleneck dresses. What was the, what was the wardrobe situation like for you?
3: The wardrobe situation was a little <laughs> painful because, um, I felt Amish. I don't know how to say that in a nice way. Just baggy, unattractive clothes, turtlenecks just make, they make me look awful. So I felt really homely, uh-huh. but I felt very maternal because Victoria, who played a girl that, you know, had the mishap, shall we say, <laughs> she was this tiny little feminine angel. So it was easy to think about someone other than myself it, on a daily basis. I'm completely self-involved, but on <laughs> that day, it was, it was nice. Did you get along with your co-star who played your husband? Well, I can out him because he's already out in the open, but I've had a crush on him for about 15 years and his husband came to the set. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that would not be accepted in their
0: religion. That would not be okay.
1: (laughs) Well, not unexpected, but you know. (laughs) And where did you, um, when did you develop the crush
3: on him? Was he in something that you saw him in? I saw him at an audition and I just was smitten. And he he tells a really funny story when he quit doing commercial acting because he had to show up to a commercial audition and pretend to be a bear and stand on a table and undress and like pat his chest. He just said that was his last commercial audition. And I was there and I think he was so charming telling that story. And (laughs) so it's ever it's been like 15 years. Was it Don Kay's casting? I'll never forget it. And then I found out not in my wheelhouse. But he was great to
1: work with. Have you ever met someone at an audition that
3: you've hooked up with or stayed friends with? I never hooked up, but I have stayed friends with, I would say, 75% of the people I audition with. There's a funny thing that happens in New York where when you audition with people, I used to call us the usual suspects. They're looking for a Mm middle-aged blonde. I know everybody. And then there's something also great in New York when they want a middle-aged, harmless-looking lady, you all see each other. And so I've grown up with these women. I've watched their babies in strollers while they're auditioning. And they're just the best support system. And when I was on Broadway doing Hand to God before Bull, they came... Every night, every night, actors that I knew from auditions that are my friends would come and the other actors would be like, Jesus, how many people do you know? They're still coming. (laughs) But they just came like crazy. They're so supportive. And that's kind of the great thing about New York is we know each other. We support each other. If I don't get it, I want you to get it. And that's Mm. a really healthy attitude that I really cherish here.
1: Well, I bet a part of it is also you because it seems like you still keep in touch with the kids you worked with and all these people. So it probably is your friendly spirit as well. (laughs) Not just.
3: We'll see if you and I stay in touch. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, speaking of auditions, since you were in the Dick Wolf universe and done so many of the crime shows, was this an offer only or how did this come about?
3: (laughs) It was my first offer. (laughs) And I have some exciting news. Warren Light is the showrunner of SVU and he writes and he wrote it for me. Wow. But yeah, your first episode was with Amanda Plummer. You played her sister
0: and then your second episode was Mahershala. And then your third
1: was this one. Yeah. That Amanda Plummer episodes. One of my favorites. Um... Amanda
3: Plummer was not acting. She was so amazing that even when we weren't filming, she decided to stay in character. And oh, she wow. was that fragile all, all through the week-long shoot. She was astounding to watch. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's how she does it. She can't get out of character. She had to stay focused to play that lady.
0: Yeah. Wow. And, I, and I think she won an Emmy for
1: that.
3: I oh, believe. she deserved it. Yeah. yeah. I think she did.
1: Yeah. Well, being in the SVU universe for so many years, um, have you noticed any like changes on set or with the vibe or any sort of like big different changes from your first
3: to last episode? Yes, because my first episodes uh, Maloney was number one, Mm. Mariska was number two, and then he left to do something else. We all know he has a great show and they did that stuff together because they have such great chemistry, but the number one really dictates the vibe and Maloney is very serious. He's, he's there to work. I mean, he's super nice. He was, Always very kind to me, especially the one with Mahershala, where I, you know, I had to burst into tears at the drop of a hat. And I was like, listen, Chris, I really have to focus. And he was absolutely understanding. But when Marishka became the number one, there she's got a very silly quality. And she's super fun and laughy and silly, which is so ironic with the subject matter. But particularly, episode with all the kids, they were all so excited to meet her. She will stop doing anything to get a selfie with someone to make sure they feel special and I think now that she's a mother she really caters to making the guest children feel special and protected and wonderful and that was the vibe that it was it was a serious job and with Mariska she really wants kind of a goofy happy freer set. So both are good. I mean, listen, when you gotta cry at the drop of a hat, I was appreciative that Maloney was so understanding, but it was nice with Marishka. And she was super complimentary. I don't know if you remember the scene where we find out, you know, who did this to my daughter. And I had to, you know, burst into tears and be horrified. And I got to go first, which is very rare. That's another generous thing she gave me. Usually the number one goes first for the close-up, but Marishka let me go first and I was a nightmare. And she came up to me afterwards and said, hey, we are going to break for lunch. And um, I'm going to need you to do all of that again, because I need to be as good as I just was. Mm -hmm. I was like, girl, you got it. I'm going to do it. (laughs) So, you know, I just I did it for everybody. and, And she's super supportive. So it was really fun working with her.
1: And how do you get to that place when you have to cry on, like, like you said, a drop of a hat, um, and do multiple takes? Do you think, how do you get to the
3: crying spot? Uh, that is a great question. And I, I actually have to say that it's the writing that really matters. If the writing leads you there, then you lean into the writing. Because you can't cry about nothing. So that episode was so intense. to That's the moment I find out that my 13-year-old daughter was giving birth to the pastor's baby. And the writing led me there. And looking at that little girl, I mean, they cast a teeny... I think she was 17 at the time, but she looked 11. And so that was easy. The one that I did with Amanda Plummer was more exposition. And it was harder to get to that place. And it's interesting that you ask, how do you do that? Because I was much greener when Mm -hmm. I did that first episode. And I was, I was so nervous. And I did everybody else's close up first. And that day, Mariska had said, "Um, yeah, it takes a really great actress to cry on cue, which was a compliment to me but in my nervousness, I was like, Oh God, am I a good actress? Let me see if I can cry again. And on my own close-up, I was squeezing out tears. It was really hard. Um, yeah, I bet it just, but that's when, and the day that I worked with Chris, I knew that after having that done that other episode. And I was like, do you mind if we don't talk? Because it's, it's hard to deliver in seconds like that. And, and I think Marishka's trick is that She is so embedded. She and Maloney are so embedded who those people are that they can pull on stuff. And also she said, I think she said this to the daughter, that she wasn't asked the same thing. The people who guest star have to pull out the tears and the drama because they're the people having it happen. Mm. And the SVU team are the people figuring it out. And she was generous to say that, you know. It's, it's hard when you step into those shoes. And were
1: you aware of the Duggars when you went to film this episode? Oh,
3: heavens to Betsy, I sure was. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually watched some Duggar to get a load of it. And I brought my hair extensions in because Mama Duggar has really thick hair. I, those, having all those children didn't take away that for her, Um <laughs> And they didn't give me a ponytail because it was too Duggar. She's big on the ponytail, but yes, I, I wanted to recreate some of that. I, I think I was definitely inspired by Mama Duggar. <laughs> yeah, the like sweetness
1: and the na- naivete—is that the word for sure? Like um, the innocence of it. Is there anywhere else you drew inspiration from the character besides the Duggars?
0: Yeah, I was wondering if you knew ever had any religious fanatics in your life where you could get inspiration.
3: Um, I was raised Catholic, and (laughs) um, but it's the same thing. There's a there's a naivete and also a willingness to go along with who's in charge. And I used my dad was a deacon, my mother was a secretary for a priest, and I thought a lot about how the Catholic Church teaches subservience. And so I don't know if you remember in the first scene where we're questioned by Mariska, I looked to my husband every time I answered because I wanted to get his approval. That was something that I thought that character would do. And that last scene, when I find out who did it, that's when I didn't look to my husband because that was a mother, you know, terrified and protecting her daughter. So that was something I consciously did. Outward appearances in, in that kind of culture, and I'm, you know, I'm making broad stroke statements, but from what I decided in that particular family, the bakers, that outside appearances really matter. But when you asked, was I creeped out about, you know, the pastor, I was more creeped out at the purity ball yeah. because it was, it was almost romantic and seeing all these fathers, dance with their daughters the mothers pushed to the side I didn't get some cute outfit nobody was dancing with me I married the man and it was so creepy yeah um so you've done like so many law and orders you've done blue
0: bloods elementary bull is a legal show in a way like is this just kind of your genre this like the legal stuff or just kind of where you're I don't know well, I think there's
3: so much of this kind of TV in New York that that's what I've done. But I I came from theater and I did kind of crazy comedy, you know? Oh, yeah.
0: Well, we saw you. We saw you'd been on like Onion stuff and Chappelle's show. So I was wondering your feelings on comedy. Is that like, I mean, obviously you probably have feelings that they're both fun to do in different ways, but.
3: Well, I think it's funny that you say that. We have uh, new showrunners on Bull. And they say, we had interviews with the new showrunners and the writers. And they said, what are your goals this year? What would you like us to accomplish for you? And I said, I want to speak French. I'd like to date a man of color. And I'd like to be funny. And one of our writers uh, used to be the head writer on Mysteries of Laura. Oh, okay. And that was a really funny show. And he kindly chimed in for me and said that I was funny, but they are adding some comedic stuff. Uh Michael Weatherly is directing our first episode. So I chatted with him today about that for season six. And we're gonna bring some funny bones into bowl because that's my jam. I love it. If you were to come back
1: to SVU for your fourth time, what would be your dream role? Yeah.
3: Oh, that is a great question. Because
1: you've been a victim sister, you've been
0: a victim, and now you've been like sort of this mom main character. But what haven't you done?
3: I think I would like to be a stepmother who has a romantic relationship with her stepson. (laughs) And I would like them to try to prove to me that it's wrong and I'd go to prison and I just can't understand... You know, love is love. It's it's hideous, but it would be so fun to play to be such a wicked, awful person. But to think that you're really just loving someone. That is
0: a great answer. We get like a young Timothy Chalamet type in there to play your stepson.
3: Oh, God, I'm ready. Where do I sign?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What a superstar. She was dressed. I love so good. She yeah. has such a good attitude, and I, I just, I want to eat chocolate with her in her closet. You're both in closets, and I want her to take me to France. Oh, yes, we're, we're we're both closet cases. Drinking champagne in her closet while eating li- like a box of chocolates, where we each eat half and like have like that's what I imagine doing with Geneva. Yep. She should start a podcast called Dark Chocolate and Dry Champagne. Yeah. And that's what
0: she does. People come to her closet. She wears awesome outfits. They speak a little French and then they gab.
1: And I'll be like, can I call you Jenny? And she'll be like, no, 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 no. Like, uh, that's, that's what I want with our girl Geneva. And I can't wait to see her love scenes. I, I don't. You watch Bull. Or no, Bosch. Bull Bosch. You like it all. Bull.
0: I I don't yeah, I I actually don't watch Bull, but I I might start watching it because I love her so much. So it's possible. It's a possibility. But let's get into our postmortem. What did we learn from today's episode, Lisa? Besides that religion is creepy in a lot of times.
1: Yeah, I guess we don't have to keep harping that like your daughter's virginity shouldn't be the core. Um, I don't know, guiding principle and characteristic of your child shouldn't be just what's between their legs. Right. Or you should actually have like, real conversations
0: with your kids about sex so that they kind of can identify when they're trying to be taken advantage of by a pastor because clearly she didn't really know what was going on
1: Um, don't trust any pastor that's also a lawyer i would say that (laughs) if they need a dual citizenship like that that's no 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 (laughs) dual citizenship they're causing problems yeah um i think we learned that that
0: religious ladies you guys need a new hairdo you need (laughs) to just come up with something different it can't just be what i call some hair up some hair down um (laughs) uh with a poof
1: and a long and a long crimp yeah um just don't have a ton of kids (laughs) Is that bad? More than 10, you can't. I mean, China has the bad rule. More than one's a problem and it leads to bad things and murdered girl babies. But I think 10, can we have a limit of 10? I mean, I think the limit should
0: be lower and I'm coming from a family of I'm one of six. My mom's one of 14. So I think the limit should be even lower. But listen, I think that what's crazy is like, let God decide how many kids we're going to have. Like God also, if you believe that God also made birth control possible. God made the person who discovered birth control allowed that to happen. So birth control can be part of your God fearing life. Uh, and I think that nineteen kids and counting is yeah too many kids. It's weird, too many kids. If, um,
1: yeah, especially if one's a molester. You know, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that even means. And like,
0: it doesn't make you a good person to stand by your husband that continually breaks the law, breaks your trust. You know has to keep writing uh, confessional statements about their hypocrisy on Facebook. If they, once they've written a
1: couple, it's okay for you to leave. It's so clear that men in power created religion. It just seems a little too convenient. It's like you have to do everything domestic and do what I want and fuck when I want. And um, I'm always right. And it's like, That's the real. Okay. Well, that seems, that seems like a kid making up rules in Monopoly to win. (laughs) But that also has a gun to your head. Like that is like, what is this? Like you have to question life a little bit, just a little bit. I don't know. To be like, I hope my daddy likes my hair. Like that is uh, sick. Uh (laughs) It's sick to listen about. Um, Also, small towns, you know, don't let the judge and the lawyer and the pastor all be related and friends and playing golf together. Like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) My new rule, if you work for the government, you must live in isolation forever. Obviously not real. (laughs) I also did forget to mention something up top that I'd like to talk about. I did talk about this a little on Instagram, but I was stoned nighttime in my hotel room and people were knocking on my door nonstop like at two in the morning and um they were kids kids were pulling a prank on me <gasps> lazy you got pranked i did but i was in a full-on panic i called downstairs i sent an engineer up the security came they caught the kids and they're like so we can call the police i'm like we definitely don't have to call the police we, we won't <laughs> be pressing charges
0: what's the what's the charge what's the charge <laughs> I don't know. I was like disturbance I, of disturbance
1: of the comedian. Like, what are you? What are you do? like? I don't even know. Scaring, scaring women that are easily spooked. I don't know. But <laughs> I was like looking at the peephole, stressed. You know. um we just, I mean, it's true. It's like
0: ninety percent of that hotel people are probably watching us view because it is hotel viewing. So you're walking around just like scaring a very easily
1: scared population.
0: Yeah. Or it's like someone
1: cheating on their wife, and so it's like you're, you know, they're gonna. Be be nervous, they got right. caught. <laughs> Everybody's a little on edge in a hotel. <laughs> well, I I've never stayed in a hotel in my hometown. Oh, ever. Like obviously in Chicago, but never in Skokie. Yeah, and you've done Airbnbs there, but never a hotel. Yeah, it, it is pretty wild to like be by the mall. You know, <laughs> I feel powerful Amazing. just walking to. My nephew's coming to Soul Cycle with me. My little one, the littler one. Oh. I yeah. that. I cannot wait. I think it'll be fun. Or you'll think I'm crazy. I'm I embarrassed. So cute. I'm embarrassed to like go like, r- I don't know. We'll see what happens. To really like pull out all the stops and like get to the top of that hill. <laughs> yeah. Or what if I start yeah. crying? Like what if they play Kesha in the right moment and I tear up? <laughs> <laughs> Tell them it's sweat. Um, <laughs> wait, I did learn. So we also, this is obvious, but don't let your pastor marry your child. Let's just we yeah. gotta throw that in, just if anyone didn't realize, right? I yeah. what is wrong with you? What's in your eye? Nothing. I was <sighs> trying to figure out why that pastor was
0: like single to begin with. Like, why doesn't that pastor have a wife? Because he's a pedophile, right? Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> Figured it out. Uh, so this week, so we did it um, this week's, what was sister peg do our weekly segment where we give you guys some more information about what we talked about in today's episode or a resource or something that can um, help shine a little bit more of a light. And this week our organization is called recovering from religion. It is recovering from religion.org. Uh, it is an organization that helps people who have questioned, doubted, or changed their beliefs. Um, they connect people with resources, community, and hope through peer support and professional support. They do have a peer support hotline, which is one eight four. I doubt it. I d o u b t i t. And they have you know a secular therapy project, which gets you uh, connected to a therapist who offers non-religious, science-based treatment. And I just thought it was a cool organization, so check that out. They've got a blog, YouTube, etc., cetera. Et cetera.
1: Thanks for sharing, Kara. And next week we will be doing Learning Curve. That's season 13, episode 21. So watch along with us before or after on Hulu, Peacock or a VIP VPN. Yeah, get a VPN. VPN. Thank you so much. Bye. That's Messed Up is an
0: Exactly Right Production. If you have compliments you'd like to give us or episodes you'd like us to cover, shoot us an
1: email at That's Messed up pod at gmail.com. Follow the podcast on Instagram at That's Messed Up Pod and on Twitter at Messed Up Pod. And follow us personally at Kara Clank and at Glitter Cheese. As always, please see our show notes for sources and more information. Thank you so much to SVU Superfan and our incredible producer, Hannah Kyle Creighton, And to our sound engineer and personal hero, Annalise Nelson. And
0: to Henry Kapersky for our theme song. To Carly Jean Andrews for our artwork. Thanks to our executive producers, Georgia Hardstark, Karen Kilgariff, Danielle Kramer, and everybody at Exactly Right Media.
1: Listen, subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an advertiser interested in advertising on our show, go to midroll.com slash ads. Dun, dun. dun.